1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. One of the biggest obstacles that stands in the way of modern day women is imposter syndrome. The idea that you aren't qualified or good enough for your job, interests, accomplishments, et cetera. If you've ever had a thought along the lines of I'm a fraud or asked yourself, what am I doing here? You are not alone. A 2019 review of 62 studies on imposter syndrome suggested anywhere from nine to 82% of people have reported a similar sentiment. Target Accelerators, the premier retail accelerator for startups, recognizes the significance of courage, confidence, and community to champion a big idea. A strong network and community is essential when combating imposter syndrome, which is why Target Accelerators connects like-minded entrepreneurs in their programs. Our guests today shared such an experience and are here to tell us all about it. Before I introduce them, we're excited to share that Target Accelerators currently has applications open for two of their programs. Check out www.targetaccelerators.com to learn more and to apply by November 14th. As an alumna of the Target Forward Founders cohort, Regina Trill launched Nemi, a Chicago-based company that makes delicious and nutritious snacks from Nepales in Mexican-inspired flavors alumna of the target takeoff beauty cohort, Darcy Rosenblum co-founded strike club, a skincare company for men on a mission to help guys feel confident through simple and effective grooming products. These two founders know a thing or two about gaining and sustaining the confidence to disrupt a completely new industry. And I'm so excited to hear how they did it. So thank you so much. And welcome to the work party, Regina and Darcy. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, so let's start by getting started. Before we get into combating imposter syndrome, I want to take a step back and hear more about the early stages of your business. Landing a business idea is the easier part; it's the execution that takes the time and energy. So, Darcy, what inspired you to create your business?
0: So, Strike Club was really created um, because myself and my three other partners saw that there was this white space in teen acne, and where you know all of our daughters were four moms. And all of our daughters had, their bathrooms were overflowing with product and our sons really had nothing. You know, our sons didn't want to use pink bottles and fruity scents. And, you know, with the selfie generation, boys were starting to care more. Mm -hmm. Um, So we really went out on a mission to just really create products that fit into a teen boy's lifestyle and and products that were easy for them to use.
2: Yeah. So incredible idea. You see the white space. You're able to figure that out. How do you take this light bulb moment into an actual physical line of products?
0: (laughs) Well, we spent the first year, honestly, um, chipping away at the non-physical stuff. So finding a name, socializing the idea with moms, teen boys, other retailers, um, figuring out the product mix, doing research, and then honestly you know we just started going on the internet and trying to find manufacturers and we were lucky enough that one of our partners is a pediatric dermatologist so she had the formulation in mind but we really just dialed for dollars to try and figure out someone who could make it according to you know our budget and our our size of distribution that we wanted to make you know we weren't you know, there to get thousands and thousands of products. You know, we were able, wanted to do just a couple thousand products just to test out our idea.
2: Yeah. So early stage testing, doing the research, figuring it out, that all makes sense. So Regina, what was the missing market that you found to fill NEMI with? So w- what was the white space that you sort of went
1: through? Thank you, Stacey. Yeah. So I grew up in Mexico city and when I moved to Chicago, the first thing that I did was go to the grocery store to look for Mexican food and products. And I remember clearly how I went into the so called ethnic aisle and not feeling represented. I found well established brands that were portraying Mexico and my cultura in a stereotypical way, brands that were also unlikely to upgrade their ingredient list and innovate in the marketplace. And then after that, I went to the produce section because I wanted to find nopales, which is a prickly pear paddle. Nopales, it's a staple crop in Mexican food that you find pretty much in every mercado and household in Mexico. But as I was about to grab it, I noted that it had spikes and I thought, nobody's going to buy an intimidating looking vegetable unless they know how to cook it, how to clean it, or have time to do that and most didn't. So it was kind of with these ideas in mind that Nemi's mission is to elevate Mexican cultura by using quality ingredients and sharing um, the Latinx colors and vibrancy that characterizes our cultura. So. We're proud to push back against the misconception that if something is authentic, then it is cheap, or it means that it has low quality ingredients. So that's why in the brand you really don't find any any sombreros, for example. And we realized that the market opportunity was there, and we were feeling a, a brown space opportunity to bring more flavor, less junk, into an underdeveloped category. You see how the Latinx consumer is looking for healthier snack alternatives that deliver on texture and flavor if they're looking for, for example, a chip alternative. And and we know that the trend drivers for them are wellness, experience, and identity. And, And that's sort of the information that we had in hand and the research that we did to launch NEMI.
2: Amazing. And as you mentioned, nopales are kind of an intimidating uh, vegetable. Like, you know, you said they have spikes. If you're not sure how to make them, um, it can become intimidating. So, for you, what was it like sourcing the farmers you partnered with, ensuring that you were able to get this crop and to be able to create a sustainable approach?
1: Yes. So, it was important to define what kind of company we wanted to make of Nemi. For example, I think as a food company, we have the opportunity to provide more than satisfying a food craving in some years ago, I had the opportunity to do immigration law and I worked with farmers who had to leave Mexico as a result of low wages and predatory practices in the farming industry. So that was kind of the, the background that led to our deciding that we wanted to work directly with the farmers as much as possible and work with women of color as well. And in Mexico city, there's a, an amaranth fair that happens every year. And I visited this fair in 2018. And I met some farmers and then they helped me connect with other farmers. And that's how I ended up working with the Amaranth farmers that we currently work with and the Nopales farmer. And then with that also, we have um, a kind of robust compliance questionnaire, we call it, about not only their sustainable farming practices, but also, for example, uh, when it comes to equity and inclusion and diversity also in, in their workplaces. And this is how we ended up working with the farmers that, that we partnered with.
2: Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned um, your previous career as a lawyer. So I want to talk a little bit about backgrounds now. So Regina, for you, as you mentioned, in search for balance in your career as an attorney, you dove into this world of health and wellness. What feelings you know, did you have transitioning from the world of being an attorney to the world of being an entrepreneur in the health wellness and food space. Um, I can imagine that's quite a transition that either one I'm sure was very helpful having that law background, but two was probably very different than what you were used to. Yes.
1: Yes. You're right. And I still experience those feelings, but I think at the beginning it was mostly the question that I kept asking myself of, can I do this? I I knew that I wasn't coming from a consumer packaged goods background or marketing background I didn't have the institutional knowledge that a lot of people came on in the industry with. So, and I knew this was a learning curve and the gap and a gap, but I didn't see the mess of limitation to start because I also knew that I was coming with a unique story, a product, and there was a market opportunity. And as you said, there's also a unique set of skills that I had working as an attorney, but I think it's important to recognize that what I didn't know and also asking for help. So I did, and I still do every single day through, mentorship groups, fellow founders, uh, grants trainings that I've done and I keep doing and family and friends. I remember the first pitch that I did, I had no idea what I was doing and I didn't even feel comfortable about the information that I was sharing, but I knew that I needed to communicate confidence. So I remember thinking about the, the women and men that I admire. I kind of faked my way through it. And I still go back to, to that exercise sometimes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think we all do in so many ways. Darcy, for you, your resume is stacked with high-level marketing positions at companies like Ollie and Leapfrog. So switching industries can come with a whole new set of learning curves and challenges. As you entered this new world of skincare, what actions did you take to combat imposter syndrome along the way?
0: I think the main thing is I understood and just accepted I didn't know everything. Even though I'm coming from a CPG background, every segment is a little different. I wasn't afraid to basically look stupid and ask many questions, sometimes too many questions. And similar to Regina, I also leaned on my vast network just to help educate me.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely about looking across the room and the table and asking for that help as you're you know, moving along. But for both of you, do you feel like confidence comes naturally to you or did you have to sort of learn it along the way or did it come with you know, growing in your career?
0: I think, you know, I think, it's twofold. You know, I think you have to have a certain level of of confidence, but sorry, as I grew in my career, you know, I just learned things and I wasn't afraid to ask questions and I wasn't afraid to fail. And so I think it definitely, the more confidence comes with, with more time
1: spent um, in my career. I agree. I think, I think both. And I think it depends on the issue at hand. There are situations where I feel naturally confident, for example, like sharing, naming stories and mission, but then there's others where I need to pep talk myself into feeling confident or share my fear with my support network. And I usually come out feeling more confident. I usually ask myself, something that has worked for me is asking myself, what would make me feel more confident? And there's usually a response to that, that I have to tackle. I'm my biggest cheerleader. And I learned that what repetition does. Again, I think going back to when I did immigration law, I remember several of my clients were survivors of domestic violence and And they shared feeling confident and feeling smart and capable until someone repeatedly told them that they were not, and they ended up believing them. So I think about this constantly because I uplift myself. It is through repetition and creating a network of friends that I look up to and that uplift me constantly. And I think being an entrepreneur means you're constantly solving problems and it's a constantly up and down experience. So it's it's that constant reminder that I tell myself about trying to find the balance between information and inspiration, um, being comfortable with my vulnerabilities or, or differences, but without focusing my attention so much on those differences, but on the issue at hand that needs to be solved and approached.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Confidence begets confidence. And, and to your point, being able to have those mantras that you tell yourself over and over again, I think are so important, especially um, as an entrepreneur, you know, luckily Darcy for you, you have co-founders, you have people in it with you and and Regina, you might as well, but sometimes you're just in it by yourself. So I think it's just really important to have that own uh, personal cheerleader by your side. So Regina, the Target Accelerator Program pairs small yet fast growing businesses with retail industry experts, dedicated mentors and cohorts of entrepreneurs just like yourself. What kind of support or insight did your fellow business owners provide that changed the way you looked at yourself and your business? Yes, I think that
1: the best thing about the program was exactly that. We're all at different stages, but we all share similar challenges and struggles. And it really was a safe space to share and learn from other businesses and leaders. And I think the uniqueness about this program is that you will learn all things retail from marketing, branding, supply chain, operations, finance, and we hear all the time, knowledge is power. And I think it is as long as you know how to use it. And this is exactly what we, what we learned. You learn how to grow in a sustainable way, but at the same time, this is paired with, for example, self-care techniques and how to cope with the problems stemming from growth at a personal level too. Uh, I definitely left feeling more confident, more comfortable with what I was learning and how to apply it and capable to continue growing. And that came from the leaders and from my fellow founders as well. Love
2: that. Yeah. I think it's so important, both the personal and the professional and, you know, finding people who are kind of in the same path of their journey as you are and being able to relate with those, you know, quote unquote war stories as you're like going through building a business. Darcy, for you, after spending several weeks with your cohort, can you speak to why it's so important to pass along these lessons and learnings to other business owners?
0: You know, I think the reality is, is that we're we're all in it and we're all at different stages, but we've all gone through something similar. And so I really, believe that we all have to lean on each other, you know, and frankly, what, what goes around and comes around. And so if I can help someone or make an intro, there's going to be a time, you know, when I'm going to need to lean on that person too. Um, and I, I do think one thing that the accelerator program really taught me is that we all have different ways of approaching and looking at things. So being able to pass these lessons and these learnings and have these people to talk to helps you grow as an entrepreneur as well.
2: Absolutely. And for you, Darcy, you know, what were some of your biggest takeaways from the program coming out of it in regards to your business?
0: So, yeah, I think it was the relationship with the buyer that were some big learnings. You know, we had made some assumptions on things um, that we thought would resonate or that target might like, or, and they just know their guest and, and the buyer really, the ability to sit down with him and really learn about the guests and then bring that information back and figure out how that will relate to packaging and and how we speak
2: was a really big lesson. Yeah, I think those insights, I mean, those aren't normal insights that you're able to just gather, right? So it's like, just goes to show that that's such incredible access to receive from the program to be able to then cultivate and curate your product based on that information. I think oftentimes when people are starting businesses, you know, they don't think about necessarily the product In the sense of obviously creating a good brand, but like, what does the actual packaging look like? And do retailers take into consideration certain sizes of packaging, colors of packaging, all those different things There's so much that goes into it. You know, Darcy, I guess for you, what advice can you share for women listening today who want to cultivate the confidence to maybe make a career shift like you did from the corporate world to entrepreneurship?
0: I think the biggest thing is that you'll never be ready. There's always going to be something that you're going to put in your way. And then, you know, I think it's just, you have to rip off that bandaid and jump in. And also I think it's, don't be afraid to fail. You know, for us at Strike Club, some of our biggest successes came out of what we thought was a failure, you know, but it was really a lesson learned and we were able to turn it around. And then I do think that to realize that there's good days and bad days and whether you have a partner or you have a network that you can lean on similar to what Regina said earlier, really understanding that you're going to need to be picked up some days and other days you're going to be need to be a cheerleader for other people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And Regina, what advice would you give to someone listening with aspirations of starting their own brand specifically maybe in, in the food space?
1: Do some research and start with what you have. Keep connecting with your consumer as much as possible. I think consumer validation is key and having a self-care practice before you start, because you're going to need that along the way. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes. I I love that. I feel like when I started my first business, that was like not a thing. Um, So definitely (laughs) love that integration and addition. So for both of you, now that you've, you know, obviously finished your program with Target, how have you continued to evolve um, since that program has closed?
0: So as a group, as the accelerator group, you know, I think we've all stayed pretty tight and, you know, it's sharing resources, getting referrals. We have quarterly meetings with other companies just to learn and hear their war stories and and just know that you're not alone. It's been incredibly valuable just to have that network.
2: Yeah, I think that's something that we're hearing over and over again is the network and the community. And those relationships that you've built are, are priceless. And
1: you? I think similar. So the best thing is that it doesn't feel like the time with the Target Accelerator ended because it really hasn't ended. We still have access to mentors on the Target team. We still meet monthly and communicate on Slack with other with fellow founders and the Target team, have access to other resources. And when the program started, the the way that that I felt it, and I think that other fellow founders felt it too, is they pretty much took her hand but and they didn't let go once it ended. So we're still, we still feel like we're part of the team. And it was this experience of learning so much around high level strategizing and the steps towards working with clear indicators. And I think I I can say that we all left feeling more confident and we're still connecting with each other so that we can continue all growing together.
2: Yeah, I love that. It, it sounds like it doesn't really stop at the end. It really keeps going, whether through the relationships that you've made or the relationship with Target in general, which obviously is a huge bonus as an as a up-and-coming brand. So, uh, Regina, tell us a little bit about what's next for Nemi.
1: Yeah, so what's next is exciting. We're launching the rebrand that is going to connect more with our consumers after gathering a ton of data and connecting with them. We did a lot of improvement on how we're communicating the brand. And we're also onboarding with distribution, which is is great because we're going to have access to more consumers and places as well.
2: Exciting! Love a good rebrand. And Darcy, what about Strike Club? Similar to to Regina, you know, Strike Club is
0: is interesting in the fact that it's a product for a teen boy, but the mom is the purchaser. So we've spent a lot of this year sort of being a little schizophrenic on our voice. Yeah, are we talking to the mom? Are we talking to the boy? And I think talking to our consumers, learning more about our, our consumers' buying habits and what resonates, we are doing a little bit of an update on just our voice and our aesthetic. So that's really exciting. And then in the distribution front, we had signed a year exclusive with Target. So at the end of this year, we'll be excited to broaden our distribution. And also, similar to Regina, you know, get in front of more eyeballs and just grow the brand awareness.
2: Yeah. Amazing. It sounds like you guys have a ton on the horizon, whether it be through rebrands or relaunches or distribution, but it sounds like everything you guys are doing is really rooted in that research and data, which is incredible. So let's end with some rapid fire sentence ventures. The advice I would give my younger self is Regina.
1: Uh, Invest in you and your creativity and stay curious. Darcy. I would just say, enjoy the ride. (laughs)
2: The craziest thing I've ever done for work
1: is Regina. Cold calls and cold emails to high level executive after everyone telling me they were not going to answer, but I still, I still did it. You and have I did to. It to answer sometimes. Exactly. You have to go out there and ask questions and ask for what you want.
2: Yeah. I know. Like Darcy said, I love it. Dial for dollars. I was like, yep. I remember. I remember yeah. doing that. Um, and Darcy, what about you? The craziest thing you've ever done. So um, a retailer
0: um, changed a a set date on us. So I literally packed out product, hairnet and all, put the box product in the back of my car, drove it to the retailer's store and put the product on the shelf.
2: (laughs) It's really doing all aspects of the job. You know, there really is nothing that the founder won't do. It's very true. The person whose career has inspired me the most is Regina.
1: I think there's so many, and mostly within the CPG industry, I see, for example, what Jamie Schmidt did with Schmidt Naturals, what Kara Golden, the founder and CEO of Hint, has done with her company, what Denise Woodard is doing with with Partake. I'm constantly reading about them and and looking up to them and, and learning, and I think they've done amazing things in the industry, especially as female founders.
2: Yeah, no. I I Jamie is a really good friend of mine. She's been on the podcast before. So, yeah, her story is incredible and she oh, does provide a ton of resources as and information for other CPG founders out there. Uh Darcy, what about you? I think I have, you know, two people really. Um one in the CPG world is is my mentor, um
0: Eric Ryan, who founded Method and and I've worked with him at Method and Ollie and he's just such a inspiration on how he tells his story and how he does it and and Um, so he's been very inspirational and then honestly, my mom, (laughs) she was my, the very first entrepreneur I knew, um, growing up, she had her own business and I just thought I looked up to her and just thought it was so amazing that here was this woman who owned her own business and, um, you know, still had time for the family and I was just always in awe of what she did.
2: Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I always say my mom as well. Um, I love a mom entrepreneur for sure. But to your point, you know, obviously Method and Ollie, two companies that had really amazing exits and, and kind of grew, you know, out of that initial need. It's a, it's a great inspiration for sure. And final question, the three qualities that got me to where I am today, Regina?
1: Perseverance, patience, and vulnerability. Love that. Darcy? I really wish I could say patience, but I don't. (laughs) I would say that it's a work in um, progress, Darcy.
0: Though it's not. (laughs) not, not (laughs) Um, I think my ability to be a problem solver. I'm a connector of people, and then I think just having a good sense of humor.
2: Yeah, you got to be able to laugh on those on those super rough days. That is for sure. Well, thank you so much for both being here and joining us on Work Party. We can't wait to see how NEMI and Strike Club continue to grow. Target Accelerators is the premier retail accelerator for startups. And over the course of several weeks, hand-selected business centers are given the opportunity to learn the ins and outs of retail, collaborate with industry experts and target executives, and receive access to exclusive retail resources. The two programs currently offer are set up to challenge you to reach your full potential. Target Forward Founders is dedicated to early stage product companies, while Target Takeoff Beauty is perfect for beauty startups ready to take that next step into retail. If either of these programs sound like you, Target is accepting applications now for both cohorts through November 14th. Head to www.targetaccelerators.com to learn more and apply. Don't miss the chance to accelerate your business forward. Based on these incredible stories from these women, it sounds like a not-to-miss opportunity. Thank you, ladies.